This is Episode 9, Season 1, Strength Agenda Radio. Hey yo, hard work pays off. Dreams come true. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do. This is Strength Agenda Radio, the podcast where the strong go to get smarter. Each episode features some of the most interesting athletes and coaches in the strength world, sharing their favorite stories, expertise, biggest mistakes, and training tips. And now, here's your host, Tom Soroka. Hey guys, thanks for listening to episode 9 of our very first season of Strength Agenda Radio. As I mentioned in the last one, and if you haven't had a chance, this is part 2 of our Hate Brand Goods interview. If you want to listen to this one, go ahead and keep on, but if you haven't heard the first part yet, go check out episode 8 where we talk with Mike Beach, the co-owner of Hate Brand Goods. This episode features Matt Vincent, the other owner. Both have lots of great information, but we feel like you're missing out if you miss one part or the other. So give it episode eight a listen if you haven't already. And if you already have, stay tuned for episode nine. Recently in the area, we've had two uh, hazing situations that have occurred. Um, one of them was a situation that occurred last year at a uh, local college um, for the sake of, you know, the, the institutions and the situations and the people involved in the situations. I'm going to leave out a lot of the details. I'm going to leave out a lot of the names uh, because the situations themselves are not the focus of my, you know, a little bit of a rant here. Um, but the first uh, situation that took place was at the college. Like I said, it happened last year. Um, the, the, the administration made a decision based on the events that took place. Um, the local authorities did not view any criminal acts had been performed or, or done. And a year later, the local newspaper posted a re- rehashed the situation because they didn't feel like it got the, the, the victim got the justice that they deserved. And um, when this was posted, when it was made you know public, a lot of people were on both sides of the situation, defending the administration, defending the coaches, defending the situation, and others were on the other side requesting everybody involved pretty much be let go or resign from the, uh, the, the institution. Um, and then more recently, we had a high school uh, that a situation had occurred where there was hazing involved and the administration took swift action, probably in you know after the situation occurred at the college they kind of saw whatever what happened how everybody felt about it and made their own decisions and the entire football team lost their uh, season of eligibility Uh, the season was canceled no more games were played and now for those that are on the team that had nothing to do with the situation that is kind of a crappy deal for them they're in the running for college scholarships or had college scholarships chances are those opportunities are lost for them because of the actions of a few Uh, But again, the details of the situation are not the focus here. My focus is on people and uh, asking for the coaches to be resigned and those defending the coaches. Here's the deal. For decades, hazing has been a thing, especially in athletics, Um, in particular college athletics. But in my uh, in all my years of competing, I have been I have been doing sports since I was about five, six years old. I've never once encountered a hazing situation. Um, usually a hazing situation is something where the older, the elder statesmen um, have the younger, the freshmen or the younger athletes on the team perform some sort of a ritual or a rite of passage to be accepted onto the team. Um, like I said, I have never experienced this personally. 
Um, I've, I've known people who have been involved in it. I've heard a lot of stories, um, but especially in today's age with you know the way media is, um, how easily accessible it is in social media, these kind of situations are going to get magnified. Sometimes they're gonna get blown out of proportion and everybody is going to weigh in. Um, but for those defending, because the, the problem is going back to the college, um, the, People are asking for the coach and the administration to resign, and former players and current players and people involved with the institution are backing the coach and backing the administration and defending that they did the best they could in the situation. Um, my problem that I see with watching kind of the debates going back and forth is this: um, as a head coach of an institution. Um, you are bringing these athletes onto your campus or into your family, into your inner circle. They are representatives of your team. They are extensions of how you act and perform you know, out in public. Um, regardless of their actions, regardless of what they do, you are responsible for their actions. Um, whether they're good or bad. Now, obviously, people fall through the cracks. You don't know every little thing that your athletes are doing. You aren't are able to... Um, babysit them on a daily basis. You trust that they're going to go out there and they're going to make the right decisions and that they heed your warnings and they heed your advice. But the, the, the issue is, is a lot of these coaches that claim ignorance to the situation, well, I did not know. Um, you are directly responsible for everything that happens in your program. Ignorance is not an excuse. You're not going to be able to prevent every atrocity, but you can swiftly and appropriately hand out consequences. As the adult in the situation, as the head person in charge, that directly falls on you. Now, if that's a responsibility that you aren't willing to take, that you aren't willing to handle, then you shouldn't be in that position. But you need to know, especially if you are a college coach or if you are getting trying to get into college coaching or coaching of any type, you are directly responsible for the actions of your athletes, whether they're good or bad. And you need to be able to handle and deal with the consequences that come from that. Now, is it fair that some of these coaches might end up losing their jobs because of the situations? No, they might be good men. They might be good women. They might be good people that don't deserve that kind of a punishment. But that is the risk you take when you take on these kinds of, uh, of positions. So for those who are on either side of the coin, you know, calling for people's resignation or trying to defend them, People need to understand that in this day and age, ignorance is no longer an excuse. We need to take responsibility for our actions. We need to be responsible adults here and deal with situations accordingly as they come. What's one thing you use every training session? One thing that if you changed for under $10 would have an immediate effect on your training. For myself and my lifters, that was upgrading to hand armor chalk. Hand armor the official chalk of USA Weightlifting is professional grade stuff. We keep it old school in the gym with their block chalk, but for me personally, I'm a huge fan of their liquid chalk. I use it whenever I'm throwing as a base layer before I tape up my hands and it's a total game changer. It's completely mess free, long lasting, antimicrobial, and most importantly, gives me a great grip for my entire training session. I love this stuff and recommend you give it a try. The block chalk just starts at $3 and the liquid chalk under $7. Plus, if you use code AGENDA at checkout, you get an additional 10% off. HandArmorChalk.com. Go get yours now. All right, welcome to Strength Agenda Radio. Today's episode is the second part of our Hey Brand Goods talk, and I have the fat, well, you're not the fat owl anymore. Yeah, I'm still uh, the fat owl in the heart. You're the, you're the medium-sized owl. 
Um, Matt Vincent, he's a two-time world champ in the Highland Games, um, competed in strongman, was a, uh, a collegiate shot putter at LSU, and is the head honcho behind Hate Brand Goods. Matt, welcome to the show. How is it, fellas? I'm uh, excited to finally actually uh, free up my such busy schedule to be able to make an hour worth of conversation. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's really sad, isn't it? You you kind of live the uh, the true drifter lifter life, so you're kind of all over the place. Um, but for the people who don't know, and if they don't know, I don't know what's wrong with them. Everybody should know who you are. Um, give us a little background on yourself. Give your athletic background, you know, and where it's taken you, all the stuff you've been able to do as a result, and how it's led to where you currently are with Hate Brand Goods. Sure. Um, so I guess things started out, uh, you know, like any any fucking kid, uh, through high school playing playing sports, doing football, kind of a little bit of everything, got into track and field, and really, really liked uh really enjoyed track and field more than I did football, which works out really well because I wasn't terribly good at football or big enough to play it at a level that would have been fun. Um, So got on to a scholarship uh, to LSU, uh, did that for my collegiate career for five years, and then uh, opened a bicycle shop, got out of lifting for a couple years uh, after – not getting along so well with uh, some of the coaches I had at LSU, which, you know, in hindsight of all that, I'd probably say is as much a problem that 17 or 19-year-old me or whoever was dealing with them as it was yeah. them. Uh, however, one of them was a real turd. Uh, was the current throws coach there when you were there? Or is it? Uh, no, some... no, I didn't oh. have uh, Derek Yush. Yush, that's I had, uh, I had Kent Pagel, mm. and he's the worst. Uh <laughs> So, um, did that, got out of college, was a very, very average thrower at LSU. Um, for those curious of what that means, I finished top three at SECs like once or twice, maybe between indoor and outdoor. And then, um, it was like a 58 foot shot putter, a 60 meter hammer thrower and a 180 discus thrower. So pretty average across the board. You did um, the glide in college. Yeah, all the way through. I was a glider. That's awesome. Yeah, my coach, uh, the one who we don't get along with, he spent uh, almost an hour one day working on me trying to spin and then said, nah, that's not going to work. You're a glider. So clearly that wouldn't have worked out since I managed to teach it to myself 10 years say. later and throw a stone in grass 63.5. Yeah, I was just going to say that uh... – he kind of missed the mark on that one. Well, look, maybe maybe the reality is he did me a favor because if I would have thrown 63 or 64, maybe 65 feet in college, I would have lied to myself that there's a chance I could go further with it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there you go. Silver lining always. Yeah, so did that. Uh, did the bike shop thing for four years or so like that, and I uh, struggled a ton being broke. Um, got a real job in the petrochemical field with the oil and gas refining here in the South, since that's where jobs are. And then, um, did that for almost 10 years. Mm -hmm. And then at some point started doing Highland games in about 2008. And I really, really enjoyed it. It just felt like a much better fit for me than, uh, at the same time I was doing powerlifting and, uh, strongman. I really enjoyed training both powerlifting and strongman, uh, and weightlifting as well. I never enjoyed competing in any of those three. Mm-hmm. Um, just not my environment. Uh, it, it's hard once, I don't know, once you're a thrower, things are a little different. And then yeah. 
Well, I, I remember comp- the the one weightlifting meet that I was with you at was the Sorenex Summer Strong. Uh, I think it was yeah 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 seven or eight. I can't remember the the, the number of yep. Summer Strong it was. And I just remember the whole time, like you, it, it did. I laughed about it because it was it was interesting to me because you would talk to me going up to the meet. You're like, "What do you do for this and this and this?" Yep. And I was like, "This is what I do." And you're like, "Fuck that! I'm not doing that." Um, <laughs> and then at the meet, like you didn't sit down ever. No. Nope. You were talking to people in between attempts. Um, like I remember, like clearly, like they had to call you over for your last snatch because you were talking to uh, Pop Soren. Right. Like he, he had come over and you're sitting there in your singlet, your shoes, everything, talking to him. And they're like, Matt Vincent, up for whatever your attempt was. And you're like, oh, hold on one second. Right. And you went running over to go lift. And I just remember all these weightlifters were like, who the hell is that guy? But outside of me, you were the only other person at that meet to snatch 300 pounds. Or exactly. Pounds. I think you snatched 140 at that meet or 145. Yeah. And uh, I only, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever you snatch, I barely, I only snatched 147, so I didn't get you by that much. <laughs> and I, everybody was just like, holy cow, he could be really good. I'm like, yeah, he's never going to do it full time, so no. don't even like, bother asking. And then the clean and jerks, you go out there and you're power cleaning and pushing. It's the only move I got. It's not like it's, it's I know, not it was, from a lack of oh, yeah, for wanting sure. to do just, the other. <laughs> it was just really funny because to hear you say, like, yeah, those competitions aren't my style. Like, I totally understand watching you compete at that meet. And I just remember, like, texting Beth. I'm like, Matt is just driving people nuts at this meet. I love it. And I just, because of, uh, yeah, I think you ended up taking, you, you ended up winning the meet because I didn't register properly. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, <laughs> well, that I, matters. Yeah, that matters. Well, the guy the guy that was running the meet was like, yeah, you don't have to register if you offer to judge the session. I was like, all right. So I judged the two sessions before mine, and I brought some plates, but apparently he didn't get that cleared through the Sorens, and they were uh, like, he doesn't win, Matt wins. I was like, all oh, right, cool. cool, whatever. Right. But it was, it was fun to watch you compete because um, at that time, I was, you know, the same throwing mentality. I had just kind of started up at MDUSA and I had your mentality about it and I used to annoy the crap out of people so I dialed it back a little bit and then I got to compete with you and I was like screw this I said I'm going back to that like you know talking to people having a good time and all that stuff and so it's just interesting to me for when you're like yeah those meets just aren't my style well you know what it was right is is as a thrower and I think I think it's a really important skill that I've learned that comes from throwing uh, you know, that you, you just don't see in a lot of other athletes just because of the way competition environment, you know, uh, you know, that type of experience grows you. And as a thrower, like if I'm going to compete in shot, disc and hammer, that may all be the same day. So like, I've got to turn it on and turn it off yeah. all day long. Yeah. And so as a thrower, like you gotta, be, cause you gotta stay loose to throw on. I believe the same, the, the same goes for weightlifting. I think they're yeah. really similar mentalities or should be in my, my opinion. Yeah. Um, and that's something I'm very good at. I have no problem in laughing with you yeah. and then 30 seconds later being dead serious to get the work done. Yep. I, I don't need long to turn it on and turn it off. Yeah. Uh, and that saves a ton of energy. I think if you're tight all day and you're thinking and going over like, well, I'm going to do this. I've got to, I got to do blah, 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 blah. Like you're missing, <clears throat> you're missing what you could build there. Like that, uh, that ability to be able to have confidence in yourself that like, I need five seconds yeah. to focus and then I can do the work yes. because yeah. I do the work every day in, in not a perfect environment. Like you're never going to compete or train in a vacuum. No. And so, like, that's, I mean, we all know guys who are really fragile competitors, right? And, man, there's nothing, I think, more embarrassing than you being the king of training. Yeah. 
like yeah. someone who just stinks when it comes time to actually perform. That was yeah. that's something I would just never want to be. No, no, it was definitely trash talking was frowned upon when I first Ugh. got involved in weightlifting. Like I remember, just I meant nothing by it, but I made an offhand comment to Shane Mayer at yeah. the Arnold at the Arnold in like 2012 or 2013. I like I just I made a joke like I don't even remember exactly what I said. And then I remember sitting across from him as we were warming up and I watched him miss like the next three lifts. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And I was like, dude, I was kidding. And, you know, he got right back on track. But I was just like, wow. Like, and he, he he's a, the only example I can remember. But I just know numerous times in training at MDUSA, Cal Strength, whatever. Cal Strength, it was a little more, um, it happened a lot more often than at MDUSA. But there was so much shit talking at Cal Strength. And then we got to MDUSA. Some people would be good. They were a little more, I wouldn't say fragile. They just, they wanted to be serious. I would all say people. fragile. <laughs> you would say fragile. You you were there. You saw it. So you have a little bit of an insight to my, that. It's not I, my I, fucking cup of tea, man. No, I just remember certain athletes. You, One athlete in particular who will rename main, uh, nameless that you word for word said, don't piss me off. With this hand, I can make a 16-pound implement go 63 feet. Just imagine what I can do to your face. Yeah. And then afterwards, they're like, is he serious? I was like, he's dead serious. I was like, don't, 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 don't push him. Well, I mean, the other, the other side of that too is I'm awful. You know, I, I'm, I'm not a huge shit talker, but I like joking. Yeah. And I like picking and stuff like that. However, if it's going, if, if the person I'm doing that with can't play along and decides to be mean about it, I can also play that side of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but you know, I don't know. Younger me, maybe, right? Younger um, you, yeah. It was, it was still. It's, it was always fun for me to watch you and other sports that weren't your own cup of tea because I knew what you were going to be like. But you totally threw off, especially weightlifting. You threw well, weightlifting. the other side of it too, right? Like ego wise with throwers. Yeah. I mean, man, I've been fortunate enough at this point to get to know some really top end guys. Yeah. And while while most of them are, are insane. Yeah. Because of anyone with that level of focus to a single pursuit. Yep. isn't exactly a balanced human. No, not at all. And so, but most of the throwers I know have very little ego. Like they're very used to no one giving a shit about what their pursuit is. For sure. And so I, I think when you start having adults that move out to be part of a team and start chasing this Olympic thing and, and like most people in our country who are good at weightlifting at this point didn't start at weight as weightlifters when they were nope. 10, they're all nope. from some other Avenue. Right. And they've found this rebirth, and so they take it serious as it's this type of ticket for them. Yeah. There's, there's just more you can build with it, man. Uh, yeah. You know, but people get so locked in on that that total and and the the two things. Weightlifting doesn't fucking care about you, nor nor does powerlifting or anything else. And, and man, if your total is going to go on your tombstone, then we have, we have very very little in common. Exactly. Yeah. It's not the end all be all. It's a nice you know, feather in your cap, but that shouldn't be the only thing that defines you. Right. So in the Highland Games, that's where you and I officially met yep. um, at Amateur Worlds in Shakopee back in. Yeah, we threw together two, a few times. It was good fun. Yeah. I was I was telling somebody about it the other day. Like you weren't, I wouldn't say you were a dick to me, but you were definitely like, like you are with most people you meet. Like you just don't interact with them. If I don't know you, I'm not going to talk to you. I'm right. with people I've never met. And that's how, kind of how it was until we got to Caver. And it was one of those events. It was like me, you, and Nate Burchett mm-hmm. were pretty good Caver throwers at the time. Um, went through like three or four guys and nobody turned the Caver. 
you went up, you got it to like 90 degrees pretty much. It came back down and then Nate turned it and then I turned it 12. And then you and I started talking like right after that. Cause then you, I think you ended up turning it a couple more times. You smashed, I remember very clearly you smashed somebody's tacky. Yeah, I can't attack it. That was one of the cooler things that like, happened in the entire <laughs> 10 years I threw. It went shooting across the field and we're all trying to catch it because we don't want it to hit somebody. But like you just hit the aerosol can and it just started ex- exploding and just yeah, shooting awesome. everywhere. Um, but that's where you and I met. And then, like I said, you came out to MDUSA once or twice to train. I, and then on my birthday, you kidnapped me. We went down to Reese Hoffa's, mm-hmm. uh, trained down there, hung out at a couple different places and stuff like that. And you've always just been a good voice of reason. If I need to ask you something, usually a life-related question, you were very <laughs> blunt and very like, this is what I think. Um, yeah, I remember you were the first person as we were driving back from Reese's when we were driving back to Columbia, you were like, man, what are you still doing at MBUSA? What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> You're like, you don't look happy. Like what right. the fuck? And that was like kind of the trigger and catalyst for a lot of things. You also were the first person that was like, look, like you're big and strong. He goes, you can't contract all that fat. Like, no, man, it's gotta go. It's gotta go. It's just such, you see it in powerlifting and you did for so long that like, I mean, that's always been the answer. It's like, well, shit, if I'm going to be a heavyweight, I have to be 400 pounds and like, fuck man. Like why? Yeah. I mean, I, I I mean, look, uh, I I just think there's some point at being realistic about goals and what you want to accomplish and where you're going. I mean, and me and, and I get pursuit and I get having a dream and I get all that. Like everyone would think I'm batshit crazy if I told you my dream at 35 with a bad knee as a six foot dude was to play in the NBA. Yeah. Like I, I don't have the tools. No. And like hard work and, and coaching isn't enough. Yeah, exactly. And and so while you can still enjoy everything you're doing, don't be fucking crazy and risk other really important parts of your life. Yeah on something that's not attainable no absolutely and like i said it was always good to have that soundboard because i'm like look this is what i'm thinking like am i on the right track here or am i being completely batshit and sometimes you'd be like yeah you're kind of off base there you're (laughs) you're being stupid don't do that and it was it was good to have that and then you started hate brand goods and yeah um it was at the time, um, I, the lifestyle brand was kind of a new term. Yeah. But hate, in my opinion, was every bit of that definition. There were a lot of these companies that were coming out and labeling themselves lifestyle brands, but they were focused around like one thing. Right. And one thing only. And then so so talk about hate, like how you came to, you know, making it what it is and, you know, how it's grown over the years and, and, and what you've been able to do with it and how you've been able to kind of keep spreading your message around. You know, I think for me, it's a willingness to be open to like what's in front of you and not not always having this dead set plan. Like I definitely didn't plan on like, oh, okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll start this other thing in Highland Games so that I can eventually start a brand. Like n- none of that was the case. Yeah. I knew when I got into Highland Games and like I had a weird, I had a weird route in Highland mm-hmm. Games. I took very, very quickly to the sport. Uh, and yeah, it, and it you, made a lot of sense to me. I, I got very good at it very, very fast. Yeah. You moved up to the pro ranks in like a year and a half. Yeah. In a year and a half. I basically, it, within like my first complete amateur season, I won two amateur world titles and then won one the following year and then went pro and took second at worlds and never finished lower than that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the 10 years that I did it. Yeah. And so 
one of the things I wanted to share, especially with the Highland Games community at the time, was that I, I didn't think anyone was training as throwers. Everybody was training as powerlifters. Yep. Uh, that has since changed because, I mean, now all your throwers are throwers. Absolutely. Um, with that said, none of their, I mean, everyone's training is still slightly different and still does their own thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I was excited to share what I had learned from weightlifting, what I had learned from throwing in college, and what I had learned from powerlifting and, and put all that together into my program so that I could be the strongest and most explosive that I could be. And it worked out well. So I wrote the book Training Lab, and, uh, you know, which eventually became Strength Lab and uh, Throwing Lab as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, and the motivation to write stuff really came from, uh, you know, being close friends with Wendler. And him yeah. basically saying, like, has anyone written a training program for, you know, like a general strength for throwers or the Highland Games? I'm like, nah. And he's like, yep. are you going to? And I was like, maybe. He's like, because if you're not, I'm going to. That's what I was telling uh, uh, Mike when uh, we went over his episode. I remember you telling me that story. And it was just, it was very interesting that that was how you essentially got your kick in the ass to, to, yeah, to, I was do, like, the, oh, to do the okay. book. And then once the book came out, it was like, I have it. I have the, I have a hard copy and I have a digital copy of it. Right. It's a phenomenal, like there's nothing rocket science in there. No, no. Right. You know, and it's not helpful. something I'm, I, I don't, I don't need to rewrite it. Like I, I'm, no. I'm proud of what I wrote. It's solid. It works. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that was the thing that helped with it is you actually did it. Like I, I was, ta- again, I was talking to Mike about this. I remember you posting, you know, this is day whatever of this week of this training block, like when yep. you post on Instagram. And it, you get a lot of these people that put out these programs and or they put out these training manuals and they don't follow them. Um, or they post stuff that's different than what they're actually doing. Um, and I think that was the thing that probably attracted a lot of folks to what you were doing was you're like, look, this is what I've been doing. I'm getting kind of good at this. It's not that hard. It's not that complicated. Just stick to the plan. It's going to pay off. And I think that's what kind of gained a lot of traction for you on that book was the fact that you practiced what you preached on a daily basis when it came to the the, the training lab. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that was a big deal to it. And you know, and a lot of that was a lot of really great you know insight from from Jim, um, and not from Jim in the marketing stands standpoint, right? Like that's. That's also what's been really great about being friends with him is because he never went at things that way either. Yeah. Um, despite his lack of marketing, he still does really well. Exactly. And stays stays relevant. Um, but, you know, he gave me kind of the, you know, how, like, well, shit, how do you even write a book? Yeah. And he's like, man, write an outline. What, what subjects are you going to talk about? And then write each one as an individual article and just put them together. You know? Absolutely. And so he, he was a ton of help, man. It was, it was a real honor too, to have, you know, him write the foreword and stuff like that for the book. And, you know, the, the thing in the book that, you know, one of those weird things was writing about the hate and, uh, that's kind of what started the brand. So that, that kind of took off from the, the first chapter in the book explaining like what drives me Yeah. and that, that being the hate side of stuff. And so from that point on, we put the book out in 2012 you know, the first year I won Worlds, and then two years later, after a couple more books, um, people had started like, oh, you should do a hate shirt, you should do a hate shirt. And I'm like, ah, it felt weird. Yeah. Because what I didn't want to do was, was I, also, I didn't know that you could run a business the way we run one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the only thing I'd ever thought about was like, oh, that means I've got to like manage inventory at my house and, and, and do this. And yeah, like, I got to, I got to deal with all that headache to sell five shirts a week. And at the time, like I have another job, 
you know, so like I couldn't be responsible to say like, oh, yes, I'm going to go to the post office every day. And, you know, because if I'm out of town for a week, you know, it's just unacceptable to, to wait 10 days to ship something that's supposed to be ready. Um, yeah, for sure. And so finally, uh, I got in touch with the guy who manufactures all of our stuff. And he uh, was working with Windler at the time as well. And basically was like, look, man, you know, I, I'm a fan of what you're doing. I think this is how we do it. Um, you know, we, we can print and ship on demand. Or he says, you know, the first thing we do is let's do a pre-sale and open it up and see if there's a market. And so I got some design work done by a guy in South Carolina, Dan Marino was working with Sornex at the time. And uh, he did that very first shirt we put out with the brew label on it. The one we still sell. Yep. And it's still my favorite one. Cause it's, one it's of still the a few, great design. It's one of my, the few ones that you guys still do that has the patch on it. Yeah. And I just thought that was a cool, nice little yeah, punch that a lot of companies. Well, yeah. we do that now. We, we do a tag on the bottom of all of them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But that one had the actual the uh, the the hate brand goods. Oh yeah, yeah, the original, the white patch, and because I I have one of the patches as well. But that shirt's one of the only shirts I own that still has the patch as the tag, which I thought was a cool little touch that nobody else was doing at the time. Yeah, and so that's you know, so we we did a pre-sale. We opened it up for a week. We sold I don't know in forty shirts or something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, sold them, and then we took the profit and made more shirts. So then we have some inventory. And we went forward like that. And then, you know, got got lucky with stuff, man. Like, because, you know, the relationships and stuff I'd built over the 10 years prior to, you know, to that even. Like, when I was still doing powerlifting and strongman, I, I, yeah. I did travel a lot. And I got to meet a lot of people. So, I was already friends with Mark Bell before Mark got into Slingshot and became Mark. Uh, and, and those relationships had never gone away. Because, you know, because here's why. I've never fucking asked Mark for a single thing. You know what I mean? We're just friends. Absolutely. And so we just want to hang out. And I've got enough credibility in lifting that it's not just I'm trying to do a cash grab making shirts. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's how the business started. And then it's just kind of like anything else with us being athlete, athletes and being competitive is, well, if we can do five, how do we do eight? Exactly. <laughs> and so now it's become a full-time job three years later or, yeah, three and a half years later. There you go. Yeah, I mean, and like I said, the the on top of that, the the connections that you have made have allowed you to what I think like live the ultimate, you know, lifestyle brand life, so to speak. I mean, you went to Iceland uh, yep. this summer. That was really cool trip to follow. Um, all the different travels, like I got to go with you to a couple of them, like going out to Donnie Thompson's. Yep. Um, probably one of the most painful experiences of my life, but it <laughs> right? was still fun to talk to those guys. We, we, I got to meet Reese Hoffa and Adam Nelson, who were like childhood heroes. Dude, you know, still same. Were... I still get weirded out talking to either one of them. Oh, I, well, we had Adam on the first week, uh, or the you know, first, uh, the first episode, and doing his interview, like I was a nervous ball of energy, and, and as Beth was like editing it, she goes, you didn't talk half as much. I was like, because I was like in awe. Yeah, that he was like, yeah, man, I'll do the episode. Like, I was just like, really? Right. Like, you're you're cool with it? And so, and he and it was cool because he was talking about certain things that he's seen that you know, you know, I've done in, in throwing and 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 training yeah, weird, and all that right? stuff. Yeah, and I'm just like, dude, I'm like, you're an Olympic gold medalist. Like, what? I know, are you dude. Doing? Yeah, I, I always feel the same way about it. I'm like, why? Why would you have any idea who I am? Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it's been very cool to watch how hate has been able to grow because of all these experiences and all the people that you've met and all that. I mean. It's really interesting when you start running down the list of like who's who in the 
the strength and conditioning world or the fitness world and all that. Like you, you've been able to meet a large majority of these people. Yep. And, and, and like you said, it's because you just want to hang out. You're not with, right. you're not, you're not latching onto people to promote you or bring you along that much further. You're just, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Drifter Lifter series just started originally because you wanted to learn and experience different how people did things differently than you did and see if there was anything you could assimilate into what you do. Right. And that that was there, a big the, part of it. And the other side of it was that idea that, like, I, I have been fortunate enough to get to travel like I do and the people that I know. And I, not everyone gets to do that. Like, whether no. they've got jobs or other, other things, like, and, and that's not everyone's life. But what I wanted to do was be able to share those experiences, you know, so like, you know, come along on that journey with me and let me see if I can't, you know, help you learn that or motivate or inspire or anything. And if you are not subscribed to Matt's YouTube channel, you need to. Um, I appreciate it. It's uh, my coffee drinking. Uh, right now, Mark Villani's giving you a run for the money with his Refined Savage podcast. Yeah. Because he's had, he's had some pretty good episodes. The one with uh, K.O. Craig and him just ta- oh, telling shit. stories is a pretty good one. But um, when I'm drinking coffee in the morning, it's either watching a Matt Vincent YouTube video or it's watching... Um, I don't watch much YouTube anymore. Um, but like one of the channels I'm constantly checking is yours, the Cal Strength one. Um, cause I love what Dave's doing with all those guys there, but if you are not uh, subscribed to it yet, please go check it out and just go back and watch all the old stuff as well as the new stuff. Like you've been very, that's the other thing too, that's been super, um, awesome about your channels. You've been very consistent with the content from the start. Um, you have different focuses, obviously in different parts of your life as you know, most people do, but you've been very co- uh, consistent in terms of how often you post the quality of it. And, and like, you'll flat out say like, sorry, this isn't, you know, up to my standards, but I wanted to get something out for you guys about X topic. So it's just right. from top to bottom. It's been a very, um, awesome channel to watch and, and, and see progress over time. Thanks, man. And look, the other side of it, too, is I really enjoy it. I really enjoy yeah. filming it. And that was something I didn't know that I was going to be into. I enjoy filming. I enjoy um, editing and doing all that. And yeah. so like, it's, it's been very, very cool for me to get to do those things. Um, I think I think uh, I am working on a podcast uh, as well. Like I want to start I, getting I to do. talk to people. I do remember you uh, posting something about that on your Insta story. That'll be obviously another handle or extension of the uh, of hate that'll be really cool to see and see what kind of people you bring in for that and everything. Yeah, and kind of the, my rule with that one, right, is uh, I mean the, the podcasts that I really like, you know, for you know on the on the giant scale of things or stuff like like Ari Shafir or or Rogan or any yeah. of these other people. And so my my first rule with my podcast was that like I want to do interviews in person. Yeah. I travel enough. I'm around people. Yep. Yep. And I don't have a direction for the interview. I want I want conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want conversation about more than more than training, right? Like, yeah. I mean, the truth is, if if we're all into it and we all love lifting, we're already there. Like, we get it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't need to talk to you about X's and O's yeah. about lifting, about like why doing sets of five is important. Like, exactly. It's we got it. Yeah. Well, it, what you know? Let's let's talk about life and what what works good for us because of our shared love for the barbell it gets yeah definitely like the 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 nuts and bolts of it gets repetitive after a while you can only say the same thing so many times or repackage it so many times people want to hear that 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 was my one big thing when people ask about like doing a social media account or like any advice i'm like just be you people people know you as the lifter or the thrower or the strong man or whatever they don't know how you are as a dad 
as yeah. a as, as a daughter, as a as a friend, as a whatever your hobby yeah, is. What like else beach, you're into? Yeah, like beach, for instance, with the bow and arrow thing. Uh, right. He started. He, he just picked it up. Um, that was something my brothers and I did a lot as kids. So now I literally will, if I don't see a post from him in a while, I'll go search his name to see what he's been shooting at. <laughs> yep. Like it's just stuff like that that you, you you find these things about people that are interesting that you can create that connection. And I think that's a big thing people miss out on these social media instead of just you know posting your ass every other day, um, just so you can get a number of clicks. Like and that's the other thing too is that somebody made a joke or made a, a meme or whatever joking about you know you can't take the can't take your followers to your gravestone. Um, yep. like if you're, if you're doing it just to gain followers and all this stuff, like, yes, that helps in terms of marketability, but it's not the end all be all just be you be natural. Um, and you're going to attract a lot more people than if you're just constantly posting the same, like couple of lifting clips over and over and over and over again. Cause, or, or even, even guys that you'll see, like, I mean, that's something that, and, and look, I, for, I'm not trying to judge anyone for whatever they want to do, but I think no. you, you got to have your own thing that you stay true to. Right. Absolutely. For me. There's a lot of stuff with YouTube that that is popular things to do that I don't want to do yeah. because I'm I'm not interested. I think it's lame, and I don't want to do anything for the sake of just being clickbait and getting getting views, getting likes. Absolutely, because then then you're stuck doing that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm very very happy that I've got you know a, a channel with close to twenty five thousand subscribers yeah. that I get very few dislikes and I don't get trolled. No, yeah, you that is definitely so. I mean. For crying out loud, when you got your equipment stolen, I remember you texting me telling you a guy started a GoFundMe for you, right? Because he liked he liked it down. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He liked, but like, but that's what I'm talking about. Like, you have that kind of an audience that they are that engaged, that in tune with what you're doing, that they didn't want the (laughs) the channel to stop because you had a you know temporary setback with your your equipment getting stolen. So he's like, let's raise some money to get Matt his equipment back, and you're like, right, you know, and and that's been the same thing that's driven hate. You know, exactly. we, we don't have the biggest audience. I mean, my, the hate Brown Instagram account is relatively the same size as about my YouTube channel, Yeah, which I mean is vastly different than some of the other big uh, no, yeah. lifestyle brands out there. Yeah. But the people that are into what we're doing are really into it. I mean, we've I had say, you, 20 you plus have... people get tattoos. Oh, the, that, oh, the tattoo thing that blows my mind. Blows me away too, man. It's, it's really humbling and, Absolutely. and very, very strange for me to see. Like the fact that you have such a, a a vast core of like followers for the brand and all that stuff that you have people that are like they'll tattoo themselves like they probably might not have ever met you, but what you're about, what you promote, what you preach speaks to them in such volume that they're gonna get the double pistols tattooed on them like that. Yeah. It, it like you said, it's it, it it's it's cool to watch on the outside, and then again, it's just like man, like you're onto something obviously because you have people willing to do that sort of thing. Yeah, man, it's it, like I said, it's it's just really humbling that the hate that the the message in it about you know not listening to your own bullshit and that you know that daily reminder that you know today's the day to make a difference and today's the day to earn whatever it is you're trying to get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one, no one's there to give it to you. You know that yeah. you know be willing to do the work yourself. It's really honored. I'm honored that that it has that meaning to it, right? Absolutely. And that people people stand behind it. And it means yep. more to them than just oh, a cool T-shirt. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so going through the business uh, uh, thing a little bit more. Um, let's talk about some do's and don'ts. Um, is it, what are some things that as the brand is growing or as it got started that you wish you would have known you wish somebody would have kind of told you for anybody else that's looking to possibly try to 
grow their brand or uh, not necessarily mimic what you did because you can't mi- like you, you try to play the mimic game you're going to do nothing but lose sure um but like it, just some general like things that you wish somebody would have told you at the start that kind of could have had hate on a little bit of a faster trajectory than it already is on um the, the big one right is in because it started the way it did so it, it's definitely a do and and it's something yeah. that we did but it wasn't it wasn't thought of as uh as well done as it just kind of became organic um yeah but the do would be like just fucking get started yeah. like the number of people that message me and email me and talk about like you know I want to do this business thing and you know who do I you know what do I need to do about you know getting a trademark and getting my LLC started and I need to get yeah. a business account like man just get started like you can exactly. figure all that out once you have income yeah um you know those things are something you can deal with as as it goes but don't don't get so bogged down in the in the you know the bureaucracy side of things of doing the paperwork and making sure we're right on pace and we've got a tax ID number and we have all this stuff before you start actually making a move, like make the move first before you get, man, that, that stuff is what breaks me from running, wanting to run a business. And thank Christ I've got beach to help do the adult side of things. And I can stay doing the side that I'm good at. For sure. Um, that leads into number two, which is a lesson I learned when I had the bike shop was, do the part that you're good at and don't be afraid to outsource the part that you're bad at. Like exactly. I knew for me, like I, I'm going to be really fucking bad at shipping stuff. I'm going to be bad at actually putting stuff in boxes and getting that out to people. Yeah. What I'm really good at and what I care about is the creative side of the company with designing new things and coming up with items and, mm-hmm. and, and those type of stuff. And so, you know, how do I stay focused on this side? Even if that means that I personally make less money, yeah, you're, you're you may make less money, and that's a really short-sighted way to look at it. Exactly, long way to look at it is that I can make us more money because I can stick to doing the things that I'm good at. Absolutely, this part can be handled, and we'll make sure we may make less margin per item sold, but we're going to sell more items. Yeah. No, I I definitely agree with that, and I think that was something that Beach said too. Is like just. M- well, do what you're good at. Like, right. don't, don't try to, like, that was the biggest issue. When I first opened the first gym, I was trying to do everything. I was trying to handle everything. And I'm just like, I'm not good at this. I don't have enough time in the day. Like, I was cleaning that gym um, every Sunday from, you know, top to bottom. And it was an extra hour and a half, two hours in my day that yep. I could have been spent writing programs. Writing right. Meetings, something something that makes something, makes yeah. 80 bucks that you could pay yeah, someone to that, do that. Yeah, exactly. So I, I definitely am on, on board with that. And anybody that is listening, uh, that if you're trying to run your own business, start your own brand, whatever, don't be afraid to outsource. Um, outsourcing is huge for your mental sanity. Um, like, yes, we all like to burn the candle at both ends from time to time, but you cannot maintain that forever. And it's just like, you, like Matt said, it's going to just help you make more lo- money in the long run. Um, looking at it in the short term is definitely uh, going to do more harm than good. I, I, I couldn't agree with that more. I mean, another another don't for me is that you got to be really careful with like fads or cash grabs. And as soon as as soon as people think that that's that that's what you're doing, like yeah, things are weird, man. Um, you know, f- for us, like one of the most popular things we've ever sold was our kick today in the dick mug and, and, mm-hmm. and things that we still sell. Yeah. And uh, really, really love that branding, and I really love what what we've done with it. But 
Like I, we chose to never put that on a shirt. Yeah. So, because a, I don't want to wear it. Mike doesn't want to wear it. Yeah. And it felt, it felt cheese dick, man. It felt like, like, oh, you're just doing it for like this weird shock value. I think it's cool as a coffee mug. It's something yeah. that's in your house, right? It, it yeah. gets a chuckle, but like to wear it around all day, like, ugh. Oh, I mean, we had, uh, last year we had a training camp for my online team getting ready for the American Open. I had a couple of the lifters come in and we had about four or five of them staying with us in this house. And every freaking morning it was a fight to who got the kick today in the dick mug. Um, like, cause we wash them all and put them all back in the cupboard and whoever was first up, like that was the first cup they grabbed. And it, to me, it, it was, it wasn't that big of a deal because I got the cup and I just, I drank out of it every other day or so. But to see people like scrambling for that, that was just another thing like that I saw that I'm like, you guys are onto something like it's a, it's a, it's a cultish type deal, but um, just something as simple as that saying on a coffee mug, everybody drinks coffee. Like that was a huge home run in my opinion for you guys. And it was just interesting to me to see like, now you guys are doing the selfie, uh, the, the kick today and the dick selfies on Instagram. Yeah. And I, I'm not going to lie. I've taken like three or four of them and nah. I'm not a huge selfie person, but it's just like, it's funny. It's, it's right. Smug. It, it, it's funny. It's cool. And it just, it speaks volumes to people. Like it makes that connection with them on, on a completely different level that I think some of these brands miss out on. Right. And, and, and for me too, like I, I like doing, I, I like trying to do smaller quantities. I like trying to do stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And it also gives that appeal that, you know, th- th- this is it. Like we're not going to sit here and just do unlimited runs of stuff. Like if you want it, come get it. If you don't, that's fine. You know, that'll be, you know, the people that actually want it are going to grab it. And when it's gone, it's gone. And that's the other thing too. I think I, you guys haven't brought back too many designs. Have you with like, no, we, like- we really don't. I mean, we may do like one restock. Yeah. Well, I mean, but, the, only, the only shirt I know you guys is the original one. You guys still post that one, right? But other right. than that, I don't think you guys, I mean, like, I still have one of the original beanies that you hand-numbered yeah. um, on the tags or whatever. Like, I still have one of those. You haven't brought those back. Um, last year, the beanies that you all brought, like, with the different colors and stuff like that. Like, it, it, it's cool to see um, the the different seasons and the different, you know, lines of gear. Because people will see a shirt that I wear into the gym. They're like, oh, man, when did they do that? I Sorry, like, missed it. Yeah, I was like, yeah, like I, I wore the Stranger Things ones out in public and uh, uh, or your take on the Stranger Things logo with the spread hate. <laughs> and people were like, oh, my God, where can I get that shirt? I'm like, yeah, this is like not around anymore. Yeah, we so may I, we may pull that one back out again for uh, for Halloween since uh, the show's firing off again. Yeah, dude, I, that, that one definitely is another one kind of like the mug. Like it's a, it's a specific group that's going to eat that one up. But they'll keep eating it up and that's what that kind of stuff is cool that you guys have that like not everything is a hit like matt had, or mike had said you know not everything you guys do is a big hit but you at least give it a shot and- right and and I, still at the end of the day like i i started this because i wanted to make stuff i wanted to wear for sure and <laughs> like that's that's still where i sit with it is exactly. like i still want to make designs i'm proud of and stuff that i'm into that are you know inspired by by what i'm currently thinking mm-hmm and I mean, the brand is, you know, it's shifting gears a lot and, it is, yeah. you know, and that's, that's fine too. And, you know, a lot of that comes from hell being injured for the last 18 months. It changes yeah. focus quite a bit. Right. And for sure, like almost, almost looking at it and staying pot, like that's, that's one thing I keep getting from people. Right. And I, I super appreciate it is that it's, you know, really inspiring that I'm this motivated and still positive through injury and blah, 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 blah. And while, while I get it and I appreciate that, my, my kind of feeling on it is, it's like, 
Like, why would I be so one-sided yeah, that, absolutely. like, that this this hobby rules my life? Like, man, I'm, I'm very grateful. Like, I got to destroy my knee spending 10 years of my life competing at the highest level I could in a sport that I loved. Mm-hmm. Like, totally worth it. Like, well done. Let's <laughs> – it's, 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 it's cool. Like, if yeah. I don't get to throw again, that's cool, too. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, hell, it's, it's almost been a relief uh, that – the realization that like I like I'm done throwing. Yeah. Because then that means like okay that door is closed let's move on what's next. Exactly. I'm not a dwell on what I can't do type of guy. I want to sure. stay focused on what's next and what can I do. Yeah, I mean that's probably the one thing in, in all the years I've known you is you don't stop moving. And there's even times where I'm like that I'm like that one friend you bring to the gym for the first time. It's like hold on slow down slow down. Yeah yeah. Like every time I talk to you like I, you're like I'm doing this I'm going out here like just getting this interview done for instance i mean no like, right right you were like i'm like i'm like hey what can we do this week you're like it has to be like this day at this time because i'm gonna be in california for two yep. weeks and then you're like i'll come back i'll be in austin i'll be home for like two days yeah i was, I was go, gonna have been a hunt to get yeah, some stuff done before yeah, being stuck it, in my house for the yeah then you're like then i'm going to austin and all that and then you're like but like i have to get my knee redone or at this yep. time so anytime after that is great and i'm like holy crap like you got way more done in like a month of the summer than I did the entire three months. But I mean, that's just you. Like you don't stop. Right. And look, and I'm also very fortunate too, that currently I have a lifestyle and a business that allows me to do those things. Oh, absolutely. You know what I I mean? mean, Like it's it's not for everyone, but that is, that is the life that I want. Like that's what I want to do. And you were able to build it. It's not like people just started throwing things away. (laughs) Like you you worked your tail off to get to that point. I think that's the thing people, a lot of people don't understand. Like they see your posts on Instagram, they see this and that and they're like, oh man, it must be nice. Yeah. You know what? It (laughs) It must be nice because I worked for it. Like it's very nice. Um, So leading down this road of never stopping, where is hate heading? Like is there... Is there anything in particular that you've been influenced by lately or or or, or have experienced or whatever that is going to influence brand, uh, hate into a possible different direction? Or is it just stay the course, just continue to produce cool stuff and whatever happens, happens? It, it, it's more stay the course. Um, you know, because hate isn't uh, pigeonholed. Yeah. Um, that, that it's not pigeonholed to one thing or another, especially with the name of the brand or any yeah. of this, that I, I don't have to continually make shirts about lifting or, or designs about lifting. It's more, it's more to me than that. It's about life and it's yeah. about, you know, trying to better yourself every day mm-hmm. and that not accepting good enough. And so it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's that type of stuff is what's really spoken to me the most, you know, probably over the last, the last couple of years. And I mean, look, the big, the big catalyst for that with a lot of it is, you know, my, my old man passing away mm-hmm. and that being as sad as it is and all that, like some of the stuff that spoke really loud to me was, you know, at the time he was uh, 62, died of pancreatic cancer and I was yeah. 31 yeah. and I just couldn't help but thinking like, fuck i'm halfway yeah exactly am i fucking halfway there like and the answer to that is like probably not yeah but maybe yeah you know and so you never know right and so at that point there was definitely part of me starting to look at like well how do i grow this how do i grow this bigger so that this is what i do because what i what i want to do for the rest of my life is i don't want to answer to anyone else yeah I just want to wake up and do whatever the fuck it is I feel like doing. Absolutely. And, 
you know, that doesn't necessarily mean I need to be in like a, you know, around the world hot balloon, you know, hot air balloon race. (laughs) But like, I want the freedom to go. I, I want the freedom and I want friendships and I want the ability to, to scratch that itch of adventure that that's out there. And I want to see the world and be influenced by more and, you know, share this idea that, I mean, the reason I get to do all of these things is because I fell in love with the barbell. And that's, that's the big one, man. Like that's, that's the one that I can't get away from. That's the one that like training, training is never going to go away. Being strong is never going to go away. But like, Mm -hmm. do I need to have a 700 pound squat? Like, nope. Like I want to be in better shape. I want to see what a physical challenge it is to climb, you know, some different peaks. I want to see what a physical challenge it is to maybe do, uh, I mean, hell, I've got a trip book next year to do 16 days of rafting and camping in the Grand Canyon. That's pretty cool. Like, like that's still physical, man. Like that's, that's not a fucking ferry ride. No. And so like, I want to know what I'm capable of. I want to know what mentally I can, what I can go through, what I can learn from it and what I can learn from those experiences was, and that's what Drift to Lift to Stuff was all about. It was about what can I learn from this in-person interaction from, let me go learn from, you know, from the masters. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and then how do I, how do I share that? And how do I show what those lessons have translated into my life? That's pretty cool. I mean, pretty much already answered my next question but i mean that was pretty much where i was heading with you was like what's next for you now like obviously um you're recovering from your knee surgery this is your fifth fifth on that knee yeah um and you know you're not like you said you're not heavy lifting anymore you're still and you've you've dropped a ton of weight um looking more like an underwear model each and every day i I see perfect that's the goal that's the goal i I wish people wouldn't like shirtless selfies as much as they do yeah right um, I, I mean, minus the, yeah, I see you got a little bit of, uh, uh um, uh, salt in the hair, which is, which yeah, is coming, coming in nicely. Um, I mean the beard, um, you could comb that thing every once in a while, but nah, let it live. Yeah. There you go. It's too um, scraggly to comb, to be honest. It looks better in social media than reality. Tom. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. So, um, but what is like, what, what else is next for you? Like, are, do you have any outside of like the hiking and the, and the outdoor adventure stuff? competition wise is there anything competition wise no tickles your fancy no i i don't i don't have anything competition wise and i know once i'm healthy that that's going to be something i'm gonna have to deal with yeah uh man i feed on it you know yeah absolutely who does luckily luckily with hate brand since like we we do almost a weekly drop of of new items I have a deadline. I have yeah. this other thing to push and be creative for and yeah, force yeah. myself to be ready. So I, as different as that is than competing, like I, I've got that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other stuff I want to do more is I still want to be involved in the Highland Games, man. The Highland Games is the greatest thing that I've ever done physically and has given me the most. And so part of being involved in that is uh, you know, working with some of the, some of the games that I really enjoy doing and how I can get up and is there a way I can help? Can I help with yeah. announcing? Can I help maybe bring some publicity? Can I use any of the stuff that I've got going on for me to betterment that? I definitely think, um, uh, Highland games with Matt Vincent on the mic all day is just pure gold. <laughs> it's, an, it's an exhausting day <laughs> oh, for those listening and for you. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'll be doing that at loon, loon mountain here in a few weeks. That's pretty cool. Uh, so it should be fun. Um, that, was your, that was your first pro games, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that was my first pro game. That was a world championship. 
I remember you telling me about that. You got called like the week of or something because somebody withdrew. Yeah. Well, no, no. So it was uh, I won an amateur world, the IHGF Amateur World Championship yeah. that year, uh, which at that time, I mean, was set up that like, oh, cool, the 2011 Amateur World Championship, you win that and you get an automatic buy-in for your next year as a pro to the yeah. World Championships. Like, sweet. So I did that game and I was like, ah, you know, this is awesome. I'm excited about World Championships next year. Where is that going to be? He's like, oh, it's in a couple weeks at Loon. I'm like, oh, that's where I'm going. Yeah. You mean in a few weeks? And so. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that strap in like, and go. And uh, Grandfather Mountain was like your first like uh, uh, invite, like pro games. That yeah. Was the I, that's the one I was thinking of where you and I were talking about your off-season training. And, and then you like literally responded to text. You're like, well, change of plans. I have to throw this weekend. Right. Yeah. So I went to went out to yeah Stone Mountain. Stone Mountain. Went out, went out to Stone Mountain. Did that. Well, it was like on week three of like uh, high volume stuff. Yeah. So. You're doing your ten by tens. Yeah. Fuck it. Like, what are you gonna do? Yeah. And you're like, I have no idea how this is gonna work, but here we go. It'll figure itself out. Yeah. But that's pretty cool. But yeah, that that'll be uh, cool to hear uh, you on the mic and all that stuff. I mean, I'm not gonna be there, but I'll definitely message somebody and ask how it was. <laughs> Perfect. You know, and I I just want to do more, man. I want to see more. I've the big the big change mentally for me really has been with I, I currently hate training the way that I'm training. Yeah. I hate it. I hate rehabbing. I hate training Car- like this. I hate not being strong and not having my body functional. Because uh, the worst part of it, right? And this is what I'm currently missing from my training and and life is there's never enough weight on the bar right now that I have to give a shit. Yeah. There's, there's never that moment of like focus of mm-hmm. get your shit together and accomplish this task. I can see how that would drive you insane. I mean, me personally, the amount of cardio you do, I just sit there and I'm like, nope, next. Like it's not the worst thing in the world. It's no, the, I will say the way you do it makes me, it's slightly appealing. Cause I'm I, like a lot of people hate the assault bike. I like the assault bike. I, I'm for it. Yeah, I, 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 when, whenever, I, when I was doing the grid training and all that stuff, and I ever saw an, a, a, any sort of conditioning piece that involved the assault bike, like I was giddy. I was like, all right. I was like, you mean I just grab on the handles, put on the pedal, and just go as fast as possible for whatever I have to do? Like that stuff was easy for me. Anything that involved running, the, nah. um, the like the long capacity pieces where you had to maintain a heart rate that used to drive me nuts. But you gave me an assault bike and a sprint type workout, and I was. I was a okay on that sort of right. stuff. Right. And look, I know my strengths. And so, you know, not only that, I'm trying to burn fat. And so it's, it's, yeah. it, dude, it's effort. It's just trying to keep moving and it's trying to stay focused on what I can do. If I sit there and be pissy that I can't deadlift and I can't squat and I can't yeah. clean, but what I, I can do is I can ride the bike. I can w- give a shit about what I eat. I can try to learn more about recovery and how to fix this, this issue that I've got. I can learn about what makes me a stronger, better me. And Absolutely. like after 20 years of, of essentially being in the gym competing for a sport one way or the other, like I'm ready to be outside, man. Like, I, <laughs> you know, I still want to be fit. And so like we're talking about doing some longer road trips and some camping and stuff like that. Cool. And part of my gear for that is like I, I've got a 50 pound weight vest. I've also got, you know, some center mass bells from Sornex that can easily go in the back of my truck. And I've got, uh, you know, like some uh, some straps I could hook to a roof rack of my truck. There you go. You know, I don't think that I'm going to travel with bumper plates and a barbell. No. But, man, I can get the work in. Yeah, there's a, you don't need to be that guy. I, I've, I've been strong already. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, I mean, you know, thank, thank fuck as well that I've got great friends around, you know, like you or, you know, Kelly and, and Mark and, and 
Burdick and you know, all these people that I've got as a sounding board uh, you know, to keep to keep your head right. Um, yeah. That's been huge. Yeah. And especially especially Mark. Mark Mark and Chrissy are you know have been great because they yeah. they've both helped me tremendously with diet and and, and Mark kind of going through injuries and not being able to bench and lift and hit his goals as well. Yeah. It was cool to see him just pivot. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so now this. So what what else are we just going to pour the coals on and go full steam ahead at? I'm just more like um, your hype man. Um, <laughs> Perfect. I'm, I'm like your Timbaland. Like, I'll walk behind you with the speaker and stuff like that. Hold I love the, it. That's that's ideal for me. Belt. There you go. That'll be my role and everything. Because <laughs> I, I got just as much bad ideas as the next person. I'm not going to be much of a help in terms of pivoting. Oh, look, I'm not terribly smart, Tom. I've never <laughs> I've never claimed to be the most intelligent guy. Well, I don't think any of us have it. If you claim to be smart, then no. there's something wrong with you. Right. So, I wouldn't have spent 10 years throwing rocks in a field. Yeah, right, in a field wearing kilt. Yeah. Um, so for people who don't know, where can they find you? They can find me at I hate Matt Vincent on Instagram. Uh, spell it like the brand is spelled H-V-I-I-I. Uh, the brand is at thehate.com, and on YouTube, I'm Matthew Vincent. Nice. So... Next, we're going to go into our lightning round questions. You got a few Hell minutes yeah. for these? Of course All I right. do. So, um, are you clipping your nails? Yeah, I was. Sorry. <laughs> no, that, my toenail clipper basically works as like a fidget spinner. Absolutely. Absolutely. Before we head into the lightning round of questions, I wanted to take a moment to talk to you about recovery. From yoga to cryotherapy, portable stim units to float therapy, and everything in between. More athletes are realizing the power of recovery and making it a priority. In our gym and across the United States, both professional and recreational athletes alike are enjoying the benefits of the Normatec Pulse Therapy System. We have a set of the leg boots and just a 15 minute session is all it takes for my lifters to get fresher legs faster. We love to pack up our unit in the handy carrying case and take it on the road to meet. Especially after a long drive, it's like having a massage therapist on call. And as a gym owner, it's a no-brainer to add another hassle-free revenue stream to my books while helping my athletes get access to better, faster recovery. Visit normatechrecovery.com and use Strength Agenda to take a whopping $100 off the purchase of a unit. normatechrecovery.com, that's N-O-R-M-A-T-E-C, or click straight from the show notes. Now back to the show. First question up, you're a new addition to the cram box. What color would you be and why? Uh, darker black. Or slightly darker black. Okay. That's just because it's awesome. All right, fair enough. Don't black never that. goes out of style. This is a true statement, all right? Um, who wins in a fight? Spider-Man or Batman? Not Batman. Superman. Sp- Batman. Everybody's going with Batman. Spider-Man's the worst, dude. It really? Oh, he's just smarmy and skinny you, and floats around. Like so, are you, so are you a Marvel or a DC guy? Or not neither? Um... I guess I don't really draw sides. There's some Marvel I really like. I've always liked yeah. Wolverine. I like uh, Punisher. Um, but but Batman's awesome. Superman's yeah. the worst. Superman is annoying. Yeah, you imagine but, if you were a type of guy that would wear like a skin-tight Superman shirt when you compete? No Just imagine? It's so strange. Uh, the fact that just his hair is always perfect. Like, I'm sorry. You fly at high speeds. Your hair is not going to well, stay that with, perfect. With that said, right, like the whole idea of Batman versus Superman, like uh, Superman wins. Like, yeah. it's, it's not even up for debate. Like as soon as Batman was like, I've got an idea to attack Superman, Superman would just fly through him at the speed of sound yeah. or whatever, and then we're done. Like, like I Batman's wi- still I, a person. Yeah, I wish the, the comic book writers, creators, whatever, would stop teasing everybody and thinking right. there's a chance. 
Like, well, the, the only reason there's a fight is because Superman doesn't want to fight. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, no, just put your fist through the person and right. be done with it. Like, we know what's going to happen here. Yeah, just fly him into space. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, done. We, know, we know you can breathe, and they can. Yeah. Um, if you were to get rid of one state in the Union, what would it be, and why? Iowa, just dead in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> just because it's awkward that there would just be this no man's land in the middle of the country where they don't have any like good waterways to do their own thing. Like it would just be the worst case scenario for us to get rid of one state. <laughs> just to just to be just a big old sinkhole, right? In the yeah, it's in just the just this now Mad Max lives in the middle yeah. of our country area. There you go. There's really uh, nothing. I, like I mean, other than corn, there's 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 you know. Somebody else, they just definitely couldn't be self-sustaining. Somebody else said Iowa too, and their reasoning was they had no pro sports teams to offer. Ugh, uh, I could like care less about sports. Yeah, that's what I said. But it was, uh, I mean, I understood. I think the only thing they got out there is the Iowa Hawkeyes. But yeah, I like mine just strictly for chaos. Yeah, there you go. Hey, you know what? It can't be that. So or we turned it into a prison state. There you go. Functional. I like it. There yeah, you go. cover it in solar panels and prisoners. I'm down with that. Um, if you were a pro wrestler in the WWE, what would your name be? And what is your walkout song? Uh, I'm going to stick with a, a more Scottish background for the All Highland right. Games, right? Okay. I'm going to go as Dongus McLeod. <laughs> and I'm going to walk out to the Dropkick Murphys. You know what? That's... That's solid. I got. That's I got, an answer that's been thought about before. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, you've, you've, you've you've been asked this question a couple. I've times. had a lot of alone time, Tom. There, I, I can only imagine, right? Um, personally, are you more of a hunter or a gatherer? Mm, probably gatherer. Gather. All right. Yeah. Fair I mean, I, yeah. The idea of you know hunting, meh. Yeah. I grew up doing it. It just doesn't do a whole lot for me anymore. There I like I like getting things. So I guess right. that I'm gatherer. There you go. So last question here then. Um, other than the profession you are in now, what is another profession that you would like to give a shot? Not necessarily like switch into completely, but you, just for like a day or two, just like to give it a shot and see how you fare at it. What other profession is that? Um, the only thing I've ever thought of that like, uh, you know, that whole question of like, uh, if money wasn't a thing, what would you yeah. do for a living idea? Uh, and that's how I'll answer this. The only job I've ever had in my life that I really, really enjoyed doing was, uh, was working in a kitchen. I enjoyed cooking. I enjoyed yeah. working in a restaurant. I enjoyed being a line cook. I enjoyed, uh, running a grill. I enjoyed doing all that in that environment. I like the high, mm-hmm. I like the high pace of it. So chef, chef yeah. type stuff. I think I don't want to be a restauranteer. Yeah. Just but chef. Show. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting one. I could see it with the, the hat and. Yo, I would definitely go really tall hat. Oh, for sure. I could see so like, everyone knew. Yeah, I could see like the guy from uh, Little Mermaid trying to catch the lobster all the time. Of course. Just out there with your knives and your... I would also wife. develop a French accent. I kind of feel like you have to. <laughs> just just for some extra street cred. That and being down in Louisiana, I would imagine that's kind of like a... Well, that's why me and Donnie Shankle have the same accent. We're both from Louisiana. <laughs> oh, jeez. Here we go. <laughs> so... Yeah, no, we're not getting into it. That's no, that, that's it. that's another story for another time. All right, well, that's all I have for you. Uh, I, you have a very busy schedule. I will let you uh, get back to it, but I just want to thank you for being on. Um, again, for those who weren't listening earlier, um, I hate Matt Vincent on, on Instagram. Go to thehate.com, and that is my computer telling me it is time to go. Matt, thank you for Perfect. being on the show, man. Thanks, man, dude. Really enjoyed it, Tom. I appreciate it, brother. Thanks for listening to Strength Agenda Radio. 
be sure to visit strengthagendaradio.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover exclusive offers and resources for our listeners. Until next time, train hard, lift heavy.